Hello. Hey. Oh, hi. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, that got Winnie's attention. Yeah, Winnie somehow. was like, wait, something's happening? That was a Winnie hello? It's something happening. Hi, Winster. Our puppy turned four this week. He's a big four-year-old. He's a big adult four-year-old. We love him. <laughs> he got a lot of good treats and his wet food that he loves. It was a very exciting week for him. Mm-hmm. Now he's just... Ready to pass out. Oh my gosh, puppy. Okay. He's upside down. He's upside probably going to get wild. This is usually his wild position. Yeah. If he starts jumping on Jeff, you'll see. You'll see. <laughs> yeah. Um. Hello. Hello, friends. Evie hello. Community Day. Double, double day. Double weekend oh, well, day. There you go. Something wizards. Are you going to play wizards a little United. bit? Oh my God. Pokemon Go. <laughs> what game is it? I played like a, a tiny bit. I got one shiny EV yesterday. No, no, no. no. I haven't played yet today. Mm. Um, so now now it's 11 a.m. our time. So I'll, I'll try again. I got all of my EV Lucians for... <laughs> Jeff's like, okay. <laughs> EV Lucians. EV Lucians. I got all of them yesterday. So now I'm caught up. I still need a bunch of XP to... You know, something up. happened with Pokemon Go, which is that... Growing up, playing Pokemon, uh -huh. a couple favorites, but I really loved Eevee yeah. and the evolutions. And yeah. I was like, I don't know why, but I figured that other people didn't like Eevee. Oh my Everyone gosh. Likes Everyone Eevee. loves Eevee. Eevee is super cute. Yeah. I love, yeah. so in the OG Pokemon Snap for the N64, Eevee's like chasing a Chansey and it's just like the cutest thing <laughs> ever. Like I, and um, the Eevee animation in Pokemon Go is quite adorable. She's just a little fox little puppy girl i don't I, know everything that looks like a puppy to me is the most adorable creature i liked eevee uh-huh viporeon uh-huh i liked elikazam uh-huh and dragonite mm -hmm. those were dragonite's cute my favorite ones yeah um so i used to watch the show as a kid and i yeah me too yeah. i love togepi Misty would sure, carry sure, Togepi sure, and just sure. be like a little baby egg. Toka. <laughs> well, what was great is that in the show, like, they found this random egg and they were like, yeah, let's take it. And then it just hatched and it became like the cutest little thing. Though I do have to say, Ash's Pikachu is probably my yeah. favorite. It has to be yeah. the favorite. Uh, my friend uh, Kelly, aka Sweater Wolf. <laughs> It's called uh, Pikachu the corporate Pokemon <laughs> because sure, it's like the sure. mascot or whatever, like the sure. the face of Pokemon. Yeah, and um, he knows it. But it's it's pretty it's pretty great. That's why in Pokemon Unite, I was like, "Can I play as Pikachu, please?" Because it just makes the cutest little sounds ever. Best part of the original series was that Charizard was like an angsty teenager. Oh my because god, he evolved I love too soon. the whole yeah yeah yeah. And Ash was like, uh, "Oh, it's so great." I have like one of the most powerful Pokemon in the world. Oh my gosh, I'm just a you know. <laughs> Just a little buddy. So funny. Welcome to Pokemon Talk. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's how this works. The beginning of the podcast whatever could be anything. It's stream just whatever, of consciousness, whatever pops, pops out. In. Yeah. yeah. Just, yeah. Oh, and pops in, pops, pops out. In. Well, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, we did another demoed session yesterday. Uh, yes, we did. So yes, Jeff and did. I have been playing indie games every Saturday at 1 p.m. Pacific time on Twitch. Mm -hmm. and Very fun. It was a lot of fun because one of the demos we played, the dev was there. I wasn't expecting him to be there the whole time, but yeah, he was yeah. there the whole time checking yeah. out demos with us. It was us. really nice. It was great. It was fun. Very fun. Oh, gosh. Yeah. What did we play? It was There were four of them. Yeah. Um, we played Misk. Misc, a tiny like, tail. You're, you're like a little, Misc? you're a little garbage 
You're like metal, can- metallic spring. You're like a can. Yeah. yeah you're like mixed like together. Someone's little art project that. But very, very small. Junkyard. And so thing. it was just a demo, but like we played basically like the very beginning. Yeah. It was an open world 3D platformer. Um, there were the bouncy, and simple. springy things. Uh, then we played a game called Outsider Afterlife, which um, was a puzzler type game. Hmm. Uh, AI robot. I don't know what we did. We we released an Android into the world. Yes, we did. We, we released. Yeah. <laughs> we like brought it to life yeah. by solving puzzles. Um, and then we played a video game Fables, which was uh, fun, right? Like it was a lot of fun. Uh, it was yeah. It was, you played it mostly. There it was a there was a sat like a satirical piece to it of like kind of making fun of the princess in the castle. Mm-hmm captured mario style and then it was also sort of um we got into the combat a little bit and it's a like a old turn-based rpg very popular for n64 this style of yeah like, yeah uh of combat that was fun mm-hmm. and then glyph was the fourth one glyph also a very so challenging fun. 3d platformer yeah much much more punishing than the first one where yeah. like in misc you couldn't really die mm-hmm. in this one you we died a lot yeah <laughs> Yeah, it was a good time. It happens. It happens. Yeah. I always say I'm bad at platformers, but I keep playing them all. <laughs> They're fun. They're fun. Oh, yeah. I do have to say. So this is our last chapter for uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. We are closing out the book with this session. Um, and I just wanted to show off. Uh, we're reading Goblet of Fire next. You don't have to read the illustrated version, but I will be reading the illustrated. You're version. gonna read this one. I'm gonna read this nice. one. Yeah. I mean, there's like. Oh, it still has that nice smell. Yeah, the new book smell. Like, look at this. Oh, yep. don't you want to look at and read next to a... It does look pretty great. A beautifully a illustrated Is that a book. Welsh green? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Are, are you ready to get into this chapter? Yes, I am. All right. Juan's ready. ready. Turn to page 416. 416. Owl post again. Uh-huh. Today's lesson is called Grim Ending. Synopsis. The chapter begins with Harry and Hermione rushing back to the hospital wing to find Dumbledore waiting for them. He locks them in as an alibi for when Snape and Fudge storm back down after finding Sirius Black has escaped. Snape is completely furious and spends the rest of the school year somehow being even worse to Harry. (laughs) The dark cloud of the Dementors lifts over the castle, but Lupin resigns his post after Snape lets his werewolf condition slip. Dumbledore assures Harry that the actions surrounding Peter Pettigrew and Sirius Black were incredibly important. The end of the year comes and Gryffindor is house champion. Harry dreads his return to the Dursleys, especially in light of the brief hope he'd live with Sirius. On the Hogwarts Express, an owl arrives with a letter from Sirius, giving Harry permission to visit Hogsmeade and admitting to having bought the Firebolt. Mm-hmm. Tough to synopsis this one because it in and of itself is a summary chapter. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff um, just, yeah, wrapping up and everything. Um, I had like a weird reaction with Snape because I, for the very, like, as soon as we saw him at the beginning of the chapter, I kind of felt bad for him because, you know, he was right. Like, they actually did do something. Oh, actually, okay, so our our friends succeeded, which um, I'm still, I thought that I understood time travel, and we're not going to talk about time travel again this episode. We might. I thought that I understood (laughs) it, and then I was still like, the thing, and this was last week, the thing that always gets me is the Buckbeak part of it. 
Everything else I'm okay with except mm. for the buckbeak part because it relies on something in the future coming in the past or like some it relies well, I thought on it was the hairy patronus thing. Yeah, I yeah. guess both of those things are Yeah. I I will accept that yeah, Sirius not escaping like that's has not happened yet, so like that's a very important mm -hmm. thing, but uh yeah, so I I um after that like Snape was pretty like mad and mm. he was like hey dada you don't know harry potter and he's like absolutely right and they're all just lying to him and being like no you're you're the crazy one yeah. so i kind of felt bad until he like just rats out lupin mm -hmm. <laughs> and i'm like all right yeah well okay i'm fine with i'm fine with it but it was like a weird feeling because he's like absolutely right and it's just like you can't tell people that that's yeah. what happened you yeah. know but yeah, um, he was very upset to not have gotten so upset. the Order of Merlin, which yeah. I completely forgot was even on the table. I think I glossed over it. Well, it was hard to tell if that was actually what was upsetting him or if Fudge just thought that that was what... Or, or Lupin. Or Lupin. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, But we've mentioned the Order of Mer Merlin before uh, yeah. because of Lockhart. He got he yep. was Order of Merlin third and class. To be fair, uh, Lockhart's a fraud, so like it's not, you know, he's he's not, he sure I, he's not deserving. He's no, not he deserving is, no. of it. Um, but yeah, the just a reminder that there's three different classes: a first class, Lockhart. second class, third class. Um, the the third class, the one that Lockhart has, is awarded to individuals who have made a contribution to our store of knowledge or entertainment. Yeah. Um, and uh, second class was awarded for the achievement or endeavor beyond the ordinary. And that's what Fudge initially second offers. Class. And then he's like, maybe, maybe I can first. push for first. Yeah. First is awarded for acts of outstanding bravery or distinction in magic. Um, I was Dumbledore reading. <laughs> yes. I think that yes. Dumbledore, Dumbledore has first, first class. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. The best maybe um, why. I think McGonagall. I, I don't know if these are already at this point because I was looking at the the wiki, like basically the curated list of all the people. Lockhart so far is the only one we know of at third class. Um, and then mm. there's also speculation as to whether Snape would have been posthumously granted first class. But I, I wonder if Harry that's... is an order of Merlin in like say wizard you know Unite. what honestly i don't remember if it's mentioned in cursed child because we would it feels like he should be yeah, if, yeah, uh, yeah. dumbledore got it for i feel Grindelwald. like lots of people should be first probably, class probably, probably, probably. <laughs> after the end of this uh, yeah, just like series. no this is, it's not even worth giving it out just like everyone great job great <laughs> oh job gosh, everyone. great job great job yeah so that's just a little bit about order of merlin again yeah, that's such. It's great for like the the world building to mm -hmm. like have this idea. I mean, mm -hmm. it's fairly simple and like it's clearly like reason. It, it just makes a lot of sense. Of course, there would be these types of things. Yeah, there's a government. Right, right, right. Um, then I wrote a bunch of quotes. <laughs> I don't know, just things that stood out to me. So like, okay, I'm sorry, Fudge. Fudge is like, oh. Because Dumbledore is like, yeah, the Dementors should go away, right? <laughs> and he's like, oh, never dreamed they, they'd attempt to administer the kiss on an innocent boy. And I'm like, bro, what did you think was going to happen? You brought Dementors into a magic school? I'm he sorry. you can control them. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Although I was looking, and I think there is some debate about whether or not Dementors are sentient or whether or not they just, like, sense 
existing beings because that was part of it mm. when Sirius was uh, in the Animagus form. I um, really hope they're not sentient. If they are, they're extremely well, evil. It seems very like weird to me because if it's instinctual, then how how do how whose job is it to wrangle the mentors? Like, what yeah. is it? How do you? How does this I don't know. Work? It's the government. <laughs> it's yeah, so I mean, weird. So I don't know. It, it feels apparent they must be sentient. Because mm -hmm. there's negotiation with them. Yeah, yeah. So that was what I was thinking is that there is some sort of like communication and like, I don't know, agreements to be made about services provided. It's... I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't you, know. I mean, that is another good stroke of like, how do you write these things to be very mm. coherent? Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, yeah, okay. Dementors. Oh my gosh. Um and uh let's see what else, what else, what else? Oh maybe maybe Harry does not have a an order of Merlin. I, I feel love like there's the a idea lot to be filled out. That post. Harry is not Order of Merlin, but Lockhart is. Wait, don't you think that they that makes sense. Wouldn't they have stripped his title? Wait, nobody knows though, right? Except for the kids. Why is it that the kids have so much information and like yeah. the whole wor the wizarding world doesn't? It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're just like, eh, Let alone that whatever. like Harry is master of death. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Um, the second thing was, so uh, Harry has this discussion with Dumbledore. Oftentimes we have this moment, Harry and Dumbledore, where Dumbledore kind of fills in some, but also leaves a lot to be like, wait, what, old man? What are you saying to me? Um, so Harry brings up that Trelawney made this, she had this moment that was kind of creepy, and it's especially creepy in the movie. I, I mean, I don't know. It's interesting to have like the uh, the text-based description of something I forgot that to put that in the and, synopsis because yeah. I read last night good yes, yeah sorry go ahead and then the 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 visually visual audio visual depiction of that like because in the movie she's just like clearly possessed yeah, yeah, and yeah. like oh like my gosh this is this right. is creepy um so Harry brings it up and and Dumbledore is just kind of like, because he's concerned about Peter Pettigrew and he's like oh no I did a bad <laughs> and Dumbledore is like who would have thought it? That brings her total of real predictions up to two. I should offer her a pay raise. Yep. <laughs> that is such a that is such a uh, breadcrumb. Mm. Like when you read that and you know where it's going, mm -hmm. we we've said this before, but it's really fun on the reread because yeah. you know where things are going and you can sense like just how well things were sketched out in the future or or the ability of J.K. Rowling to like drop something in that she knows she can write well later like yeah oh let's have her have made a second prediction though this seems mm. like something that she actually had the 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 meat of like what exactly she would have predicted yeah before. yeah um the the bigger point because like dumbledore is always like the here let me drop some wisdom like right. on a broader sense was uh shortly after where um harry's very concerned about this and Dumbledore tries to comfort him and he says the consequences of our actions are always so complicated, so diverse, that predicting the future is a very difficult business indeed. And that Trelawney is proof of that. And it just reminded me of our previous discussions about like how we feel toward Trelawney. Because um, on the one hand, like I can imagine, let's say you are a seer or have this ability to predict the future. 
there must be some sort of limitation. Like, it's not like you can do it 24 seven. And so, but then it's kind of like, well, then how do you like justify your existence or that you're, that you actually, how do you prove that you actually have this capability? Well, you try to do one, one way is this way of like over, overcompensating and trying to predict everything or show things in a way that's like, um, very, I don't know what the word is, but like you're, you're not really doing it. You're just trying it's to very keep performative. Your, your reputation or yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah. It's a performance art. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, all of it is really interesting. I mean, that whole scene with Dumbledore is, is quite fascinating because there's this reassurance going on, right, of Harry. But he Dumbledore also drops the hint there where he's like, this is magic at its most powerful. He says something like that. Yeah, that, so I think that's my next section. Oh, good. But on this section, though, still, I think it's interesting, like, stepping back and thinking about, like, Harry's reaction is completely reasonable, especially from our perspective as the reader, because we're kind of, we're kind of, like, trying to predict ahead and be like, well, well, if this happens, then this can happen, then this can happen. And Dumbledore is kind of like, hold up, like, we're not all people making prophecies here. You can't, like, actually, um, with reliability, tra- or trace some sort of and consequence. Dumbledore, Dumbledore is particularly, I think he's very sensitive in his language, right? He He almost speaks the way that I, some of the academics that I admire speak, where they're, they are insightful, but they're, a lot of their insight actually comes through because of their word choices. Because he says something like, you may see the day when you like are grateful that you saved Pettigrew, right? Yes. Yeah, so you that- may see it. It's not like this is a guarantee. Like He just knows that it, it's a powerful thing to have saved somebody's life and that it has the potential. He's seen the potential of such an action to like, pay dividends even if you don't understand what they are and it's great that it comes to fruition in kind of a really unexpected way right like when all is said and done with Pettigrew it's like I guess Harry is thankful in like the most sour of ways to be thankful for having saved somebody's life yeah yeah I mean that was the next section I actually just took a picture of the whole paragraph of it of uh the Harry's just like I don't want a connection with Pettigrew like it's interesting because Mm. just still thinking about Dumbledore and Harry like it makes me think about the temperament or I don't know if that's the right word either um the the complexity that comes with gaining wisdom from living a long life whereas Harry is really young and still in this like oh good evil black white kind of world and we get to see him mature across the series to be more to to take on some of these more complicated perspectives about who we are, what we're about, and what our actions mean um, in in the large scope of things. Uh, so Dumbledore being like, okay, like that's that's what it feels. The dynamic feels like to me is that Harry is like still very laser focused on the fact that he found out. Peter Pettigrew was a traitor to his parents and so and he let him get away like those things can't seem even though like they're even in the reveal of Peter Pettigrew and like all of it and with Sirius and Lupin everyone like there's still that complexity there I I just don't know if Harry fully sees that agreed agreed because 
and because we talked about this last episode, but it comes, I think it's really useful here too, because mm-hmm. Dumbledore reassures Harry in the most false sense to me, where yeah. he says, James wouldn't have killed them. He says it again. I know, these people. I don't think so. Stop doing this. (laughs) I really don't think so. I I think like if if all this, well, it's impossible to know, but it doesn't feel like you can say it for sure that James wouldn't have encouraged his friends to like get revenge. Yeah. We don't ever know enough to know like is he, did he fully mature out of like this mindset but lupin seems like a fully mature human and he's certainly overcome with the urge for revenge in yeah. the moment yeah that's that's a good point all so these people it, some are... of it that was the place where dumbledore felt the most empty to me where it was like that wasn't the reassurance that you think it was at least to me as yeah. a reader like it it's very interesting because um there there are like limits of um oftentimes we praise dumbledore for actually talking to the kids right. as like full human well, and he went and talked to Sirius Black which is really important too as it seems like as like a human oh yeah yeah he refers to it and that's kind of like why he makes all those fast decisions it's because he just talked to somebody like yeah. a person but at the same time there are certain things that I, I feel like that's an adult like just kind of consoling a child who's thinking about his dead dad like right. that's that's kind of like Trying to just stop the conversation. Yeah, you don't want to like, like, yeah, let's not entertain this. with the reputation of this person and and try to be nuanced. And it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing because then what you get is a series of people who claim that James is like completely a saint. Yeah. And then Snape, who is like, James was a devil. And it's like, well, the truth is clearly going to be in between these two things. Mm -hmm. But it's a very... It's very annoying to me as a reader because we live this experience all the time yeah. that you get people pulled towards towards these camps because they they have reasons to do that but it creates this vacuum where it's like well Harry never gets to have like a true depiction of his father flaws right. and all. Well, yeah, and part of that is like clearly he's not alive anymore, so you still you don't have the what 13 or 12 13 years of like seeing well, how would James react to this here and now, time right. and day? Like, you don't have that. You just have, like, uh, the the snapshot and then the filtering right. of the best of someone, the worst this of someone. This is why the fifth book, Order of the Phoenix, when he winds up seeing memories that, as far as we know, are robust to time or haven't been futzed with, of his father in real time as a kid and he harry struggles mm-hmm. to grapple with them because nobody truly gave him a depiction of his father as a kid right a true depiction of it it's really interesting yeah and then it makes me laugh to think about how in the sixth book we start hearing about harry's mom a little bit more mm-hmm. too from slughorn yeah and like she is also painted as like saint-like you know like yeah. really really like pure and perfect yeah, it's it it uh now I'm thinking of like uh not exactly good place vibes but like if if uh people think that you're more good than bad they're likely to just like say you're great. Yeah, speak about that part and right, if people right. think that you are more bad than good like from their perspective then they're probably only going to be like yeah, no, this is how I remember you. And it's useful to frame this in terms of the whole universe that JK Rowling creates. Nobody in this universe 
is all good or all bad, I may be Voldemort. Mm -hmm. But he's like maybe the exception to create, to stir all this. But yeah, even Bellatrix, when we see a scene with her and her sister, it's Mm -hmm. more complicated. Yeah. She's not like just, I don't know. It's very, very complicated. Yeah. And so it, the only conclusion I can make is that like Lily and James were probably good people, but it's not accurate. The, um, a sw- small tangent. Mm-hmm. An excellent series, Ender's Game. There's a book in there called Speaker for the Dead, which deals with this, where like in essence, there's this mm-hmm. uh, change in the way that people deal with death. Mm-hmm. And the so-called speaker for the dead comes in and tries to capture the memory of the person as they were mm-hmm. and give that as a way of helping grieving people to uh, truly confront the good and bad in the person that they've lost. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting because it's very different than how we currently do it, in my opinion, here yeah, in real yeah. life. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um. Very minor. If you have whatever edition we have of this book, uh, there's a typo. Dumble four, not Dumble four. Dumble four? <laughs> <laughs> on page 428. Oh, Look at your copies four. on page 428 and see if it says Dumble four or Dumble door. <laughs> okay, so we've been mentioning a lot of like little crumbs or like um, the larger context Crump. and crumbs. <laughs> and. Um, One of the the lines in there that I wrote down is about Percy, actually. Percy says, this is after they find out, the kids are like theorizing about, not our trio, but the other kids are theorizing about what the heck happened last night. And Percy says, if I manage to get into the ministry, I'll have a lot of proposals to make about magical law enforcement. And I'm just like, oh my God, Percy. But what it made me think of is like, so you have an event and then you have, uh, actually this is like part of the the little coach self-coaching thing that I did. So you have like a circumstance and then you have your, uh, how you feel about it, your reaction to it, that leads to your actions and whatever. So like part of the, the trick is to like change the way your initial reactions to a given circumstance. But like, so if you think about it in a, in the storytelling sort of sense, we have this event that happened, and then you have all these different people. How are they each going to react from their own perspectives? And so I think even if it's just, like, not really consequential, because Percy only, like, actually, the only person who listens to him is his girlfriend, Penelope. She didn't have to write that line in there, but, like, putting that in is just, it's just, like, having people react differently. And, like, it's not just that the people that we are we are following it's, that's it up that, so you know? co- coherently mm-hmm. it's just so good yeah in the sense of like the reason so percy at this point isn't like a fully fleshed out character in my mind yeah he is a he's just there in he the has some ca- characteristics that are apparent but we don't know like deep more deeply than yeah, that we don't follow him or see his but the bigger character that he becomes when he does accentuates those or mm-hmm. it follows them to a logical endpoint one of many possible logical endpoints but definitely a logical endpoint it's not like he has this total change of heart mm-hmm. you already have this thing where like that's his reaction mm-hmm. that it's like oh it's about the law enforcement policy right not i mean he doesn't know the whole story and not just that but like oh i can do it, it better to vocalize <laughs> yeah. it right 
Just say it. yeah. And like, it's like okay, what, no, what? Yeah. No one cares, Percy. What are you going to use, super dementors? <laughs> you know. Yeah, the making of a villain. Yeah. See, Percy's actually the bad guy in Harry Potter Wizards United. It's yet what to you be don't revealed. know. Yeah, oh my he's gosh. actually Constance Pickering. No. He sure is. He's Lucas. <laughs> Lucas, sir. I don't know that that is the most wild of the, of the Wizards United theories, but I'm also Penelope kind of Folly, fine more like oh, Penelope Clearwater. Oh right. no! Oh no! Um, <laughs> when he just can't handle his life, he's just big sigh, big sigh. Um, so a lot of people this so the ending of this book is a lot. It was a lot for me. I got super like emotional. Um, but mm. it's interesting. So a lot of people I talk to, I never answer the question like, "What's your favorite book?" I can't choose like a single thing. Even yesterday when we were demoing stuff, someone was like, "What was your favorite?" And I'm like, "All of them. I don't know how yeah. to pick a single thing." Well, and, the yeah. way I view things that i like are they branch away from each other yeah, so there's not yeah. an obvious metric of like which is yeah better than the other i also have individualization as one of my top strengths which means i i love to think of the individual aspects or attributes that make something great so one of uh, a lot of people say to me though that this book prisoner of azkaban is their favorite book yeah i hear that a lot a lot a lot yeah. a lot and it's interesting though because like Harry, Harry's inner like monologue, he's saying things like this line I wrote, Harry had never approached the end of a school year in worse spirits. Yep. And it's interesting because it's so drastically contrast with the way that I'm like thinking or feeling at the end of this where it's like, Released. oh, nice. Yeah, like you did it. Good, good job. And it all worked out. And but from his perspective, I feel like in that in that like thought process he's still thinking about peter pettigrew Voldemort, like the 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 even though dumbledore was kind of like no you're good he's still like worried about it yeah for me it's the yes it's the that he has to go back to the dirt yeah that part is kind of also was, rough because it was like ripped he had from, that he was moment so and he had never really oh, yeah. considered the possibility yeah fully he it it was yes and then when you have that at, in the realm of possibilities, only to be like, well, it's impossible now for you to and do so. And it's easy to blame yourself for a why, right? Because you were the one who... Because there, there was actually... I think it was in the last chapter. I'm not sure who. It might have been Dumbledore who was like said, said something about like Pettigrew dead or alive. And it made me think... I, I swear, I maybe I'm misremembering this, but I'm pretty sure somebody was like, if only we had Pettigrew alive or dead, then we would be able to to like verify more of the story. Yeah. I oh. think it is Dumbledore, because he's talking about like, well, if we had Pettigrew's dead body, then we would be able to be like, oh, hey, look, like clearly <laughs> Pettigrew is here and Sirius must have been right. Yeah, yeah. I noted that one, but I don't think we talked about no, it. No, no, we didn't. I was laughing because I was thinking of something, a, a future moment we're going to find with Fudge being completely incompetent because it was in my like research for, oh, for Dementors and whatever. Um, we're on the train, though, and there's still like the, the cutesy moments. Ron uh, knows how to use a belly tone to, to contact Harry, yeah. and I'm just like, Ron, Maybe you should have so taken adorable. Muggle studies. Yeah, Hermione so got a 382% oh, yeah. or like, whatever. Like, oh my gosh, girl, calm down. Hmm. She did turn in her time turner, though. Yep. Because, I mean, I would too. After all of this, I'd be like, okay, just kidding. Never again. Well, especially, you know, Hermione never asked for this. And so that's also the other thing is like Dumbledore being like, oh, hey, 
you have this tool. Why go don't save you, the world. Go save the world. She's like, yeah, the this, this is uh, too much for, for, well, especially for what she was using it for. She was kind of like, all right, I did a whole year. And you know Hermione was not going to quit midway through. I mean, I guess she left divination. She stormed out of divination. She but she's she not she's not a quitter, okay? But at the completion of the year, all right, this is not worth it. Let's let's. No, it's not worth it. Hang up the time turner. It's not worth it. (laughs) Um, And then we have like little glimpses into Goblet of Fire. So thinking about uh, the Quidditch World Cup, which I'm just like, oh, no, existential dread is coming over me, even as I read that phrase. Um, And then I got super choked up with the Sirius's. The note. The note. The note. Yeah. So we have the owl that's like just flying outside the train. Pig. Yeah. Ron gets a new owl. I didn't remember that. I don't remember that either. Yeah. Like I don't I think that I was must where have the erased owl came it from. from my memory. <laughs> but it's actually quite sweet because it it's like, so oh sweet. sorry about your rat. Yeah. Sorry your rat was an old <laughs> and guy. Ron's like <laughs> he's offering it to Crickshanks to smell. Is this a real owl? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want like okay, Ron. What are the odds of a second man being posing you as? You never like, know. You never can know. An animal to be These your people pet. would be so paranoid. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah, you know, adult them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh geez. <laughs> Buy a pet for your kid. Like. Uh huh. Is this an like, old guy? <laughs> we need to vet this first. Could be an old guy. Yeah, it could be an old guy. How do you even check for that? <laughs> old guy magicum. Hey, I guess after 12 years of having another pet, you'll be like, wait, this is a long time for a rat. Let's Mm -hmm. try to let's try to double check this. Uh, But yeah, so Sirius leaves Harry with a second little peach piece of parchment, Mm -hmm. giving him permission as his godfather to go to Hogsmeade. And I was just like, oh, my God, that is the (laughs) sweetest thing ever. Little Harry. And and then his spirits lift a little because then he very bravely goes to Vernon and is just like, I have a godfather. He's a murderer or Mm -hmm. a convicted murderer Mm -hmm. or whatever, alleged murderer or something like that. He will come and he will kill you. But it was it was just so great. I liked I liked the end of the chapter. It was it was sweet and it got me like, okay, we are we are nicely at the end of this, even though I know what happens next and I know that there were some hints in there of like, oh yeah, we're gonna do these fun things. Mm-hmm. Oh man, Goblet of Fire is gonna be great with the the con we've we've mentioned this, I don't even know where before, but contrasting the Quidditch World Cup with what is about to happen to everyone? Yeah, it's it it is gonna be great. It's gonna be a a journey. The fourth book is obviously they all have their own kind of temperament. Yeah, and the fourth book temperament is like the shape of things to come, right? Mm-hmm. The whole book is kind of colored by this idea of like there's we're about to get outside of hogwarts yeah the fourth book really like that's when the turn it turns a little i mean it's literally the middle of the series so you have the first three which is kind of like setting us up there's like a lot of foundation here that we have like we've been introduced to this wizarding world and mind you like actually so much of what we know is actually what harry actually knows so it's very interesting to go on that journey because then then things get like real intense 
Well, it's the shape of things to come because I would say that the first three books in particular are really past oriented. Mm, like it's like clearing yeah, up so things from the past to that... some extent. Mm -hmm. And now it's like in the fourth book, the turn is that now we really have to worry about what comes next. Right, right. Yeah. 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 Oh. Oh. So <laughs> <laughs> um how long do we think it'll be until we reach the final chapter of deathly oh gosh, house so or Cursed Child? i don't know when we first like uh, planned it out we were like okay well we it was funny because we we're like okay we're gonna do this podcast we had considered or maybe we even started doing two episodes a week do you remember that when we first we were started recording more oh we were recording but well, we were but, still putting out one per week. Oh, i thought that we I thought initially we were considering doing two a week I think because we, we were trying it. to to see like how many years how, are we how gonna long be is doing it going to be? Yeah, that's um, it. And then it was just kind of like, yeah, okay, once a week is fine. And then we took our yeah. writer strike hiatus and yeah, the writer strike. You know, got us. It, it added a few months, but we'll we'll get there. I don't even remember how many total chapters there are in the series. A lot, and we're not halfway. We're not even. We close. have four books worth, and the books get longer. So yeah. it's uh, oh, I guess that doesn't necessarily mean the chapters. I, get I would longer, guess but... we're probably a third. Mm -mm. that would be just a just an eyeball yeah 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 i mean the books are already written so we we all yeah. we have to do is just keep we'll going go. we'll just keep going one yeah. chapter at a time yeah we could have done a game of thrones podcast and then we would have gotten <laughs> stuck and had to wait indefinitely you know <laughs> yeah we could have <laughs> yeah all right are, are are we ready Great. i'm ready Prisoner of Ad Oh, wait, are we doing a recap thing? I don't know. I guess we never talked about it. I guess we're we'll. Uh, did we do one for book two? I we did one for book one. Don't remember. I guess stay tuned. I was like, let's go into Goblet of Fire next. I think week. we should just keep on keeping on. All we right. can do the extra one if we if we feel okay. Like it. Okay. Yeah. So get your Goblet of Fire books ready or audio books, whatever, whatever, however you you read the text we're gonna keep going starting with the chapter one of goblet of fire until next time until next time one's, one's ready, ready.